Whoa, 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 welcome to Bible and Stuff, a yep. podcast about the Bible. That's the one you're going with? <laughs> That's what I'm going with. Stuff. stuff. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm a little amped up today. I'm sorry. Yeah. What's your name? You got to say your name. Oh, uh, this is Glenn. <laughs> I, for- I completely forgot the order. And I'm name. Tanner. Uh, and today and I'm is- completely amped up. <laughs> yeah. This is how the in- intro always goes. Super smooth. Sorry, uh, I I just finished a uh, a coffee, and um, yeah, couldn't tell. <laughs> I hyped up. Well, I mean it's it's a combination. Uh, I'm also very excited about our guest today. Um, yeah, I have been wanting this guest to come on for quite some time, and uh, just never reached out. And then finally, I was like, you know what? Let's just see. And yeah, within minutes, we got the okay. And I was like, all right, let's do this. Yeah, I told him he was on our short list of people that we wanted. And I also told him we didn't really have a plan (laughs) of what we wanted to talk to him about. But it was one of those just like, hey, if we can get him on the show, let's have him on the show. I almost referred to him as our white whale. Is it like the Moby Dick reference? Yeah. But I didn't I don't think either of those words were very complimentary. I mean, he is white. (laughs) But like it's not necessarily like a a positive trait, uh, and then uh, he's not a whale. No, uh, no. Which yeah, in any oh, sense. Well. Uh, the, uh, oh dear. But man, the <sighs> you know it's so fun. You you guys will see in a minute. But yeah, completely Zach unplanned. Boland. Did we say who? No, else? <laughs> they didn't they say probably it. know from the title of the episode. But we're having Zach Bolin on. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you don't know, all right. If you don't know who Zach Bolin is, yeah. he is the lead singer of a band called Citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, big fan of them. You know, it's so funny. I actually, I didn't listen to Citizens until maybe about five years ago. Um, but I think they've, I think their first album came out in like 2013. So it's I wasn't old. too, I wasn't too far off the wagon, but pretty I've been far. there since day one, baby. Yeah, no, you, I, uh, I haven't, but. I progressed pretty quickly once I started listening. Anyway, yeah, it's right, great. I'm you way you too went hard full right now. on into trying to be Zach Bolin. Like you're I bald. Did. You have the beard. I mean, he used yep. to have a beard. Now he does the mustache thing. But uh, bald was completely t- intentional. Started uh, singing raspier, all that stuff. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I, you, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think I've brought it up <laughs> plenty of times on the show that I really like citizens. So anyway, yeah. he's on the show today. Um, like Tanner said, we we kind of came into this really we we didn't put a lot of planning into it per se it's really uh, unprofessional well i mean we had <laughs> i had some questions set up like i think we had a lot of questions about the band itself the music some of the processes they've gone through but we got like 5 minutes into the episode and just got deep real it was, fast it was way more interesting than that yeah yeah, yeah it was good yeah so really really good conversation um i hope you guys enjoy the episode as much as we enjoyed um, recording it. And um, yeah, have a listen. Well, guys, like we said, we are really excited. We have Zach Bolin on the show today. Zach, thanks for joining us. We are so excited to be able to to talk through music with you today. It's going to be yeah. super fun. <laughs> oh, man. Or at least I, I cannot hope wait. so. <laughs> I, I, I hope so, too. <laughs> we all have hope. Yeah, so before we kind of get into the the music stuff, uh, we just wanted to check in on you. I, Tanner and I were talking beforehand. It feels like you've had so many like 
big changes going on the past couple of years with moving and settling and all this stuff. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Just want to know life? how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Th- thank you, guys. I haven't been asked that question in a while. And uh, I didn't know this was going to be a therapy session either, but I'm ready. <laughs> it's fine. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's been, yeah, you're right. It I'll, has been. I'll bill you, I'll bill you later. <laughs> Thanks, Tanner. <laughs> Just try and keep it under a couple hundred dollars. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we moved, we were in Seattle for 10 years, uh, my family and I. And that was awesome um, on a lot and just in so many ways. I mean, we've I've lived in a lot of different places over the years. And I would say every place I ever left, I always felt like, oh, man, I really feel like I need to leave this place. But Seattle wasn't necessarily like that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it more just felt like, oh, well, we've had a really good stretch here and a good run and just kind of felt like we were. I don't know if it, it we just had a lot of freedom to choose to to go. And so we we left and we went to Nashville, uh, just outside of Nashville, which is near where my in-laws live and my brother lives in uh, Kentucky, along with my in-laws. And then my family's from Maryland. So we're all okay. closer to family now, which has been really good. And it honestly, it works okay, too, because the band even before I moved was kind of spread out. We had, we already had a guy in Denver, a guy in LA. And so now I'm the one in Nashville and there's two guys in Seattle. So it's kind of just, okay. it's, it didn't really yeah. complicate things. Yeah. <laughs> Any more anyway than they are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just kind of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're, uh, both Glenn and I are kind of in a similar stage of life where Glenn and I actually met, um, working together at a church plant in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, oh, cool. I was there for about five years. Glenn, that's roughly the same for you, a little more? Yeah, a li- little bit more, but not much. Um, but yeah, we both have young kids and through you know a couple different circumstances, but then also COVID, yeah. that kind of got us thinking of like, okay, what's where are we going here? What's the yeah. next step? And then we both oh, actually man. end up moving back closer to family. Uh, okay. And in a similar way, like we were doing this in person, and then COVID made us do it virtually. And then it's like, well, we can just keep doing this virtually yeah. oh. <laughs> from multiple states away. So I'm in I'm in Texas now and Glenn's okay. up in New Hampshire where he's I love from. It. But yeah, it's um I I felt the same way. Like I never felt like we needed to leave Phoenix, but it also didn't feel quite like we had to stay. And so yeah. it in one yeah. sense, it's kind of nice to have that freedom. And then the other sense, it's kind of unsettling because you're, yeah. <laughs> it, the decision is not made for you. You have to figure it out and then work it out from there. That was, you know, what's crazy about that is we deliberated for a while about whether or not we should move. And, um, I, I do think that there are some people that have like a really specific, you know, calling, if you will, where it's like, all right, I need to be here. We didn't necessarily yeah. feel that. Because there were a lot of people that said, well, we know you guys are called to Nashville. I was like, I don't know. I don't know that I would use that language. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But what was interesting is there was a point when my wife and I, we were praying about this. And uh, we were just like, well, my wife just kind of, we were praying. It had been months of praying to this. She's like, at what point? At one point do we just decide? You make the decision. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, okay, I I think we should go. And then... Two minutes later, we told our kids we're moving to Nashville. And that was after, and they had known that this was a possibility. 
But it yeah. was it was kind of like a, a moment of clarity. And I feel like, I think that that is something that God gives us more than we want. We don't really want to assume that responsibility because we're afraid of messing something up. Mm. But I think God mm-hmm. gives us that clarity a lot. And that was how it was for us. And it sounds like it was like that for y'all too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Tanner had, I think Tanner had been the first person to give me this advice at one point, but like there were a lot of times where I'd spent so much time praying on something and it was, he was like, yeah, I mean, it could just be that you have opportunities in both area. Like you can, you can make the decision there uh, and God will work uh, the way he works, (laughs) whichever way you go. Yeah. I'm a very wise man, Glenn. I'm very. <laughs> you seem wise. You definitely do. I'll give <laughs> you that. You. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, our approach for a lot of stuff has just been like, eh, what's the worst that could happen? Like, right. uh, I don't know. Uh, which is not. It's not really natural to either of us. But once we start thinking like that, it's like, well, I mean. So like for Phoenix, it was like, well, we could just move back. <laughs> like if right. we move and we're like, this is a horrible mistake, yeah. we'll move back, we'll learn from it and it'll be fine. Uh, but right. it, didn't, it didn't turn out that way, thankfully. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, let's take a little bit of time to uh, talk about, you just released a new single and music video for everything and more, which yep. is awesome. And really th- good. I think I read really good. Thank you. That's your son in, yes. uh, both yeah, sons, okay. actually. One of them <laughs> okay, at the beginning awesome. is—it's kind of chopped up from a voice memo where he's saying, "Our yeah. youngest one is saying, I said, I said' at the beginning, and then at the very <laughs> end, my older son is yelling at him, "Don't be so intense." Uh, and they were fighting in the background. And honestly, I have—I mean, now uh, since we moved the piano, I have like a separate space, so I have a piano where I don't have a lot of interruptions, which is great. Yeah. Um, so yeah. my voice memos have all of a sudden gotten uh, the quality of them has just massively increased. But I do miss the comfort of listening to my children go to war while I'm trying to write a song. Yeah. To, you know. Yeah. Uh, we have that happen on the show sometimes. Uh, my kids will be uh, home from yeah. school or something, and it's like every five minutes they're in. Yeah, someone coming in. I get to meet cool people, so it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Um. So yeah, you have the the song you just released, and then yeah. it sounds like you guys have a lot more coming out this yeah. year. Um, would you mind taking a minute to just kind of talk about like concepts, where you're going with everything? Uh, yeah, kind of give us a rundown on on the song, on everything and more. Right. So I mean, the song the, itself. Shame kinda... on you, Glenn. I'm sorry. We have to just acknowledge that pun was. Uh, it's anyway. kind of it's too right, easy. It's just kind of teed up. We, we made it yeah. too easy for everybody. Uh, okay, so everything and more is... I actually hadn't really connected these dots until someone asked me... Well, I don't know. Maybe I had, I just forgot. But until someone asked me to explain what everything and more meant, and I realized okay. that... Have you guys ever seen that movie Memento? You guys remember that movie? It oh, came man. out like it's years ago. It's Christopher time, yeah. Nolan. I think it's actually <laughs> his first movie or second movie, but think, uh, something like that. Yeah. It's basically like you start with the end of the movie and then the rest of it, you're basically working your way to the beginning. And I feel like everything and more was that for me was unbeknownst to me. I was at the end of the story and then the next 
because that was the first one I wrote for this collection of songs and that the next grouping of song, like the next two years would be me sort of figuring out how I arrived at that place. Mm-hmm. And so, and really what that place was, was it's pretty simple, but I don't think it's very, it's not something we talk about a lot. And that is, I think it's something we say, but I don't think it's something we really talk about. And that's that God is bigger than we can possibly know. Mm. And so what I, what, where I was at when I was writing that was just thinking through, oh, God is like whatever word that I can think of to describe God. So if God is good, God is actually even better than that. And if God is faithful, oh man, well then God is even more faithful than what that word even describes. And just kind of seeing, and that's where sort of the everything and more came in. And then that, and uh, Taylor Linhart, she's an incredible writer um, and a friend who is in Mission House, which is another band. She wrote on that song and Brian and the band did too. And so it was just interesting kind of bringing, especially her and I, because we wrote the bulk of that one. It was interesting kind of seeing our two thoughts and worlds collide and just kind of seeing like, oh man, we're both in a similar place. And what was really cool about that is as I would write these songs and bring in more people to write, it just turned out that a lot more people were in that space. And it was almost like we're all at this deficit where we've been, we've been missing out on, we, we had, uh, we were missing out on a conversation that we didn't even know we needed. And that was, Mm. there's been all this sort of defensiveness of trying to sort of, um, get people to come together that are really, really far apart to try and get them to come together and agree on something. And that has been really exhausting for a lot of people. Um, I know it's certainly been that for me and it was, and then kind of just flipping it all and realizing, Oh, even if we get, even if we come together on this one thing, we're really far apart on to agree together on, there's still like 25 other things we disagree on and we'll still be at war. So what's the bigger thing that we can actually, what's the bridge? And I think it's this thought and this humility really of uh, acknowledging that God is bigger than we can possibly know. So for all the boxes and the walls that we try and fit God into, um, they're, they're perhaps just way too small. And, Mm -hmm. and that's really where all these songs that people will eventually hear, uh, are coming from that place. And I would say like probably the biggest image, there's two that come to mind for me. It's one, this bridge of you have one person walking the complete opposite direction, another person walking in the complete opposite direction. And just hopefully our music can be this bridge that gets them, that stops them in their tracks, gets them to turn around and see, oh, there's someone on the other side of that bridge. Oh, there's someone on the other side. (laughs) And then they walk toward each other face to face and in the process of their own revelation, if you will, of, oh my gosh, God's bigger than I know, that they'd be met with another person who is very different from them, but has also come to a similar place. And that like Mm. the starting point wouldn't be, let's find the one thing that we disagree on to agree on, but the starting place would be Jesus. And the other image, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's a pretty good place to start. (laughs) At least that's, that's work. That's work for me pretty good. Um, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. 
And then the other image is a table. Um, this record that will eventually come out, we still don't know when. It's uh, it's eleven songs, and I keep imagining each song as a seat at a table, mm. and I keep thinking about okay, I want one of the seats to be. Um, it's not even prescriptive. It's just a desire. It's like I want one of the seats to be filled with someone who is really kind of struggling in their faith. You could even call them a deconstructionist. And then another person to come who is just really full of faith right now. And then another person who's just really deep in suffering. And another person who is just in the midst of one of the most like just experiencing a lot of like whatever you want to call it, blessing or just they're experiencing a lot of fruitfulness in their life right now. And then a person who really, really loves Christian art, we'll call it Christian radio. And then a seat for a person who is just hates it (laughs) with a deep passion. (laughs) And I just want to see this table of people come together. The person who is like, so against the even thought they're not even deconstructionists they're just uh they've never believed in god at all and then you have the person who just became a christian today like to see all of them at a table together because they all had the same revelation the same realization Mm -hmm. that god is bigger than i know like that that seems to me like a pretty heavenly table to be sitting at that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess uh, one of the things that I'm thinking is just like, yeah, we, we've talked on the show before about this idea of like arrogance um, mm-hmm. in the church sometimes and um, just a, a lack of humility. And yeah. so, yeah, seeing these people that you're, you're kind of imagining from all walks of life, like it's really, really going to be hard to connect if you're not putting down your walls and allowing yourself to be open and, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, also let me figure out how I want to say this. (laughs) (laughs) I think also like, and you've probably experienced this, like the, the first people to hear what you're saying, but then go, but, 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 but but," are going to be the really theologically minded. Or they're going to be like, ah, what you're saying is kind of like soft edges, Mm-hmm. But how do we how do we know? <laughs> Which I I, I want to bring it up because I don't I don't see you as a person who doesn't care about those things. I mean, mm-hmm. even y'all's music is full of very like theological uh, statements, and it's very, most of the music is very very biblical. And so I'm curious how you hold both of those things together. Of like, yeah, there's there's truth. There there's some things that are clear in the Bible, but also there is this this softer like we we see through a mirror dimly or like mm-hmm. there's this piece of, we just can't grasp it all right now. You know, I really like that question. And I think that it is one that I don't feel, I, I do think, I mean, to call out for a minute, the people that would sit probably more on the intellectual side of things. And, and I think that there's incredible value to that. And honestly, to a fault, I tend to go more to that side. It's also my downfall <laughs> because <laughs> it, it can be because I can get so lost in the weeds that I miss I miss the 
I, I just, I miss the, the garden, you know? Yeah. And what I have seen th- over the years, and it wasn't by design, it's just the way it worked out. I've just been a part of a lot of different traditions within the evangelical movement. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen a lot of perspective. I've seen a lot of different things that different traditions will sort of emphasize more than the other, uh, different things that they will sort of, I mean, honestly, demonize other groups mm. uh, and sort of uh, kind of elevate themselves as sort of like the superior group that has the the truest understanding of this perspective of this. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. oftentimes on a detail. And honestly, more specifically, in my last stop at Mars Hill, in the neo-reformed thing, what I think is probably such a, um, it's, it's a very, I think it's extremely confusing and destructive behavior. And that is to say, well, we have these, it's a, it's honestly probably one of the few traditions you hear this phrase, open-handed and closed-handed issues. And what I started to discover was that even though we said, oh, we've got some things that are open-handed, some things that are closed-handed, it turned out that everything was a closed-handed issue. (laughs) (laughs) And that, for me, started to become really frustrating, even before I left Mars Hill, but especially after when I saw the effect that that kind of attitude had in so many people's lives and had been such a barrier for them that now they were kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater and kind of... Mm -hmm unable to sort of discern like, well, these were just people that it was more or less like do it. Like Jesus says of the Pharisees, he says, you know, do what they do, what they say, not what they do. And I think Mm -hmm. that that is honestly how I've tried to live my life through live my life, but also through songwriting is Jesus is my, is, I mean, Jesus is the word. I mean, John obviously lays that out really beautifully in his gospel and I think that even that in and of itself is like when we say, and I'm not even trying, this is me, This is, I'm going to go to like the intellectual side for a minute <laughs> and be annoying. <laughs> but I think it's a, I think there's a case to be made and someone's going to hear this and maybe want to debate it and whatever. <laughs> but John, you know, the word was God, the word is God, speaking of Jesus specifically, right? And I think that we oftentimes say, well, the word of God, when we say the word of God, we are speaking about the Bible. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's bad. Let's not put that in the bad category. But perhaps it's worth calling that something else because Jesus is the word. So I think that ultimately our everything that we are filtering and this is true for all of faith everything is being filtered through Jesus past because of the fulfillment that Jesus brought present when he was there of even just certain things that he was prophesying that his disciples were like you're crazy you're going to die no you can't die and then does it and then <laughs> raises from the grave and then of course in the future things that uh we wait to be we're waiting for fulfillment of. Mm-hmm. I just think that that to me is when I say, when I hear word of God, everything for me is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to filter all things through. 
And sometimes that means there's clarity. And I would say more times than not, it means that there's a lot of questions which can either lead to frustration or curiosity. And I just have tried to live more in the space of curiosity. In the curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I think that could make it's like people. a more enjoyable life. I, yeah. I think so. I'm, I've certainly I'm, not always lived there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you in the sense that I, I tend to probably to a fault to sometimes lead towards like logical and theological as well. Um and but I've also had this kind of resurgence in my life. Really, this whole podcast has been a, an experiment in us talking about um, essentially growing in relationship with Jesus, right? And so yeah. there is this dichotomy in which, like, we know a lot about Jesus, obviously through the Bible, um, and and we we measure other things people say about Jesus, whether or not they line up with God's word. But yeah. I I can feel what you're saying in the sense of like I can also read some of the things. Jesus said or did in the Bible, and I don't immediately have clarity on what just happened there or why he did that that way yeah. or whatever. So it's not it's not as cut and dry as we sometimes like to make it. Um, and so, yeah, it's and that's a one big thing that Glenn and I harp on all the time is having a level of of charity for one to to try to understand that the um, basically give people the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> when right. they're saying something or processing, yeah. don't assume that they mean that that worse version of that that you think they mean. But the other yeah. piece of that is patience. This is something mm. God has uh, kicked me with a few times. I think maybe <laughs> you too, huh? And it's that uh, he is he is infinitely more patient with people mm. than I would be. He's infinitely mm-hmm. more patient with me than I am. And mm-hmm. so, even in our charity that person may be wrong. Like what they're saying might be wrong. Yeah. It might be in the face of, of the word, uh, whether you mean Jesus or the Bible. <laughs> right. I know. Um, I know. It's don't, don't, don't let me, uh, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, but there is a level and I'm, I'm not saying we're not serious about it. I'm not saying we don't, we don't think it's important. I'm just saying people are in process. And as long as we're moving, like let's be patient and see where it goes. See where see where we get to and not yeah. be so determined of like, no, you really need to ascribe to all these things, I think, right now mm-hmm. in order for this in order for this to work out. Kind of like you're saying, in order for us to sit at the same table, we need to we gotta sign our waivers beforehand that say, Yes, I check all these boxes. Uh and right. I don't know how helpful yeah. that is. Well, yeah. and I think too about just I don't know. I mean, I I, I always I always remember this. And it's something I really regret. And I had to eventually message this person and apologize. I remember years ago, they came with a friend to meet with me for lunch. And uh, they were they were questioning a lot of things about the Bible. And uh, and I, I just got really defensive. And I, I started arguing with them. What do you mean? That's crazy. Come on, man. Like this, is, it says it so clearly here and just was just like adamant about all these things. And I, even if they didn't feel this way or not, I, I still haven't heard back from them. And I can either assume that they were hurt or they just didn't know what to say. But I, I can only imagine how I would feel in that situation if I'm bringing to somebody that I trust um, some things that are really hard for me and I'm questioning faith or questioning this thing. 
to sort of be put in my place like I'm a kid, like I'm a child. Oof, man. And I had to yeah. message him back and just be like, I am so sorry. Because honestly, if I'm really being honest with all these years removed, I was just really insecure and I was afraid. Yeah. As you were asking yeah. those questions, I had those same questions. I did. I just didn't have answers yet. And in order to yeah. make myself feel better, those were the best answers I could come up with. And I needed you to believe the same. I needed you to believe these weak answers that I had so that I could feel better about myself. And yeah. that, that honestly Man. has like, st- it, it will stick. It is, it is something that will be with me for the rest of my life. And I'm, gl- mm-hmm. I'm grateful for it. I'm not grateful for what I did, but I am grateful for the perspective that it's brought because we're all just at different places at different times. And we cannot expect someone to just see something just as we see it when we see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's man. When we, when we started this podcast, one of the reasons that we were getting into it was that we would find ourselves in conversations with people just talking about things that were either way over our head or we just like hadn't, hadn't had the chance to, to kind of dive into ourselves. And we would find ourselves just like nodding our head, shaking. And then like, sure. Yeah. In some cases doing the same thing that you're talking about, like sharing that same information without having dive, you know, dove into it ourselves. Yeah. And so we were tired of doing that. And initially, yeah, we started this just to be able to like, all right, let's dig into this on our own. And as we're figuring these things out, let's kind of put it on a platform and, and be able to have these conversations and learn. Um, But the thing I relate to a ton and what you just said is like, is so much of that is driven in insecurity, my own insecurity. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, the reason I'm nodding is because I do not want to be found out in this circle (laughs) of people who are talking about this thing. Like, I don't want to be the guy who's like, I have no idea what I think about this. Um, but then even more so in my insecurity, I would take some of those things and just regurgitate them to other people. So then I would feel, I would feel like the smart guy in a different circle. Uh, (laughs) and get them to all nod along right but then it's like i don't i still haven't actually sat down and thought about it or you know like read what the bible has to say about this or any of that or prayed about it or any of that thing Mm -hmm. and so like like glenn said we kind of had to say we need to we joke around that this is all a ploy uh but but that's kind of what it is like we have created this ploy in which we force ourselves to create the space to think about these things to dive in deeper to have these conversations um, I love that because we we might otherwise probably not do it. <laughs> oh, I love it. So we need oh, an excuse. You're... We need a we need a release schedule that's like, hey, yeah. you should you should think about this. I need to I need to try that excuse. So maybe I should start a podcast. <laughs> that that's our pitch to people is like come up with come up with a ploy like. Uh, it's you don't need it necessarily like it's not like a biblical idea or something but like if you can give yourself a, a reason to have to do something uh on a regular basis or have to to dive into stuff yeah. you wouldn't normally you might, I mean, like do it join a book club Why whatever not? that thing yep. is yeah i like give yourself that. yeah give yourself a an excuse um to have to figure some of it out um yeah so <sighs> And I'm going to apologize ahead of time because I'm sure on some level you get tired of talking about it. But uh, <laughs> but with with the Mars Never. Hill thing, yep. The the thing I think I'm curious about. So, uh, when Kings came out with um, 
Oh gosh, I'm blanking. What's the newest album called? Zeal. The newest or like Zeal? Yes, Zeal. Thank you. Okay. When Kings came out with Zeal, like I found that so refreshing because it's in kind of the wake of that conversation where there is a lot of turmoil around this, understandably so. Like I get it, even just from afar. I'm sure it's it's way more visceral having yeah. been been a part of, of what happened there. But it was so refreshing for me. And in a lot of ways, kind of what Glenn and I are talking about with this podcast of like, let's just go back to the basics and mm-hmm. just start there and start with zeal for Jesus and then kind of go on and, and let's not be so um, apathetic and let's not, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And I, I hear similar things in, in citizens music. Um, and like you also uh, mentioned Brian earlier, Brian Eichelberger. Yep. I always get a little yep. stage fright when I try to say his last name. We're you big Brian fans. Yeah. <laughs> We're big Brian fans. The sing team. He actually graciously let us use a sing team song for the intro to this. Oh, uh, I love it. And so we're we're big fans. But I wonder how. What am I trying to say? As you you struggle with some of that same stuff, I'm sure. Like mm-hmm. you didn't just go through that whole process unscathed. Is there a right. sense to which like you kind of had some community with guys like that that helped you push through? What was that process look like for you to come to the place where you? You still, you know, although you're continuing to ask questions and you're continuing to wrestle with things, you still are doing that. You haven't given up yeah. and you haven't you haven't just gotten frustrated and, and quit altogether. You know, you you're that's really insightful because for sure that community of friends was pretty massive. Um it was a it was a it was a support system that we didn't know we needed. Um, we, Mm -hmm. we had no idea that Marcel would end. And so, and what's interesting about that is all of us were at different places. Like Chad left Mars Hill probably, I don't know, five, five months before I did or something like that. And then, and then I left and then, you know, Brian was there till the end. And so Mm -hmm. till the very last Sunday. And so there was just, everybody was in different places along the way. But I think that what is really interesting, um, outside of a few that I've just fallen out of touch with, not not for anything bad, but I mean, the community that we had with Marcel Music was, I mean, honestly, when I think back on it, it was the antithesis to what Mars Hill was mm-hmm. um, in many, many ways. Like it actually, which is funny because it actually did it did the thing that mark and so many leaders were saying to do but that they themselves weren't actually doing and that was that we yeah. actually fully embraced the like the need for friendship with each other mm-hmm. and so when marcel ended we all kind of wound up at different churches i mean honestly i mean i guess chad and i were at the same place for a while but some of us sort of it was interesting like it fractured and some of us were went together, not really intentionally, but just wound up in similar places. And the thing that really helped me the most was, um, we wound up at this church that was so, (laughs) um, what's the best way for me to describe it? They probably won't listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, they actually, this is a good thing I'm going to say. It's actually a very good thing. Okay, so good. if anyone is, they should, they should be encouraged. Um, 
Okay. Because we tr- we tried a couple other churches leaving Mars Hill and you could just tell everyone was sort of, it was like the elephant in the room and nobody wanted to talk about it. And it just mm. made you feel mm. so uncomfortable because you're just like, yeah. of course they want to ask questions and you know, all this stuff. And then we go to this one church and just the sweetest people like immediately. And they're like, um, okay, so, oh, okay. I think I've heard your name. So you came out of Mars Hill, right? And it was just like, all right, let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. And I remember our first Sunday there, um, it was a Presbyterian church. And I was sitting there in communion. Uh, it was time for communion. And if anyone has ever been a part of more liturgical experiences and churches, they would say the high point is the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And uh, whereas I think in a lot of more non-denominational churches, it is the sermon, which I have my own beef with, and we don't need to talk about that today, but that that is, I'll at least let the record state that. Um, regardless, he, uh, we're in this, this old church building, and people are coming forward to take communion. My wife, Natalie, and I are sitting there just thinking, and I'm listening to the sound of the pastor say the name of each person that he knows coming forward to take communion. Um, Edna, Mm. the body of Christ broken for you. Lucas, the body of Christ or Christ's blood shed for you. And just hearing their names reverberate through the building like I, I know it sounds crazy, but I think that experience like saved me from going down a path that would have been hmm. pretty dark. Because hmm. I went down a path regardless, which was a lot of questioning, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration. But I just somehow managed to continue to do it under the heading of, I still desire you, God, and I still want to know you, and I still want to be in relationship with you. I'm just having a really hard time making sense of all this. And I think that it just clicked for me. Like I spent all these years a part of a church and even other churches where communion was either just kind of this thing we do or it was this thing that you're yelled at, that God loves you, or that in order for you to take communion, you need to come forward and feel terrible about yourself. And then and only mm-hmm. then can you take communion. And to, like it was, I walked forward with tears in my eyes and a smile on my face. <laughs> and it was just like, yeah. this is what communion is. I mean, you, I mean, good grief. Like if I wasn't the prodigal son right there, I don't know what else to say. It's just like, I'm literally coming forward with tears in my eyes, feeling like I'm not really worthy of this. And then to just feel like through through other people, through God's people, to feel like his embrace, like that's crazy, you know? And so that for me oh, was like a massive part of how I was able to come out of the Mars Hill thing and to really honestly come out of it with a lot of gratitude. I remember there was a moment where it kind of clicked for me. It's like, oh man. I'm around people all the time. And for a solid year and a half, it was every person you saw that was part of Mars Hill, you were going to have a conversation about it. And it was probably going to be pretty <laughs> a pretty downer conversation. And it was kind of cathartic, to be honest. 
But then I remember <laughs> one day just sitting at my house or something and realizing like, oh, it wasn't all bad. And I found myself kind of missing the parts of Mars Hill that were really good and mm-hmm. longing for that and really starting to grieve the things that were like, oh, this, these things were really good and I miss them a lot. And I just, yeah. I feel, I don't think I could have done that without people in my life who were in various places, some really not struggling in their faith, some that were. And the thing I remember through it all was um, was just patience. You mentioned it earlier, Tanner, was a lot of patience with me as I sort th- sorted through a bunch, but also that communion experience of just like week after week coming forward. Mm-hmm. And it continued to happen, tears in my eyes. I'd he- and then once the pastor knew, knew my name, he was saying my name, Zach, the body of yeah. Christ that was broken for you. And it just completely shifted things for me to see God in a way that I hadn't in a very, very long time. Yeah. I got goosebumps as you were saying all that. But <laughs> <laughs> you can't see them. But. Uh, um, dude, I, I relate to that a ton. I mean, again... <laughs> Much smaller scale, but like I, I have had past experience that like I, the best word picture I can come up with is like spaghetti. Like it's just it all the good, the bad, it all runs together. Yeah. It's very yeah. hard to pull it apart, and and it's taken a long time to just like piece by piece process. Like there's stuff at at our church now, and I'll, I love the church that I'm I'm a member of now. But there, I'm catching myself of like, oh, I actually kind of wish. I think I think it might actually be good if we if we did something a little bit more like the place I was from, but but mm. that's all interwoven with also there was stuff that we did that I did yeah. not like, <laughs> yeah. And it's so, true. but it it it's it's uh it catches me off guard every time I'm like oh, but that piece was actually really good that that mm. was helpful, and it was just it was just mixed in it's it's just all mixed together. Right, that's it's a bunch yeah. of white and black dots, but when you back up a little bit, it just all looks gray. Yeah. Um, and so it takes a long time to to kind of piece those apart and see what was helpful and true and good and what mm. what wasn't. Um, but I don't. I think that's all of life, right? <laughs> it, it's yeah. just it's just a little more visceral at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, it it took us being patient with ourselves. It took us. Um, committing to be vulnerable again like all right, all right yeah. let's do this again yeah. where we open up to people and we we talk about you know the elephant in the room of uh or at least the elephant in our room whether they were aware of it or not of like yeah well you know we kind of had these experiences and some of them really hurt and some of them were great uh but it was terrifying to have to mm. do that again because i think we had armored up a little bit and was like I don't want to, I don't want to have to like, cause they might reject me. They may, they may use me. They may just not care. Yeah. Um, but it was a very beautiful experience when we finally did kind of push through that and were met with people like, Oh, I totally get it. Like Mm -hmm. I, I had a similar experience and realizing like almost everybody has (laughs) has dealt with that to some degree and to, to feel accepted into the body um was was really really good for us and so like obviously like stories like mars hills they they just suck like i don't have you know better words for it like it's just unfortunate but um i don't know i think with time 
And because of Jesus, <laughs> we mm-hmm. can continue to have some beautiful things that, that come out yeah. of that. And um, yeah. Well, I mean, even what you're doing, right? I mean, opening up about your experience and sharing where you were, where you are now, what you went through, like there are other people who are going through the same thing. And so being able to have someone to relate those experiences to, like that is that is so helpful uh, in so many different ways. Um, man, yeah, we, we had a, a handful of people um, at our, our past church that came from Mars Hills too and mm. Mars Hill. And um, I always... I struggled to know how to respond because I hadn't been through those same experiences. And it was, it it was just really hard. (laughs) It was really hard to hear what they went through and then try to help them through it. And so, yeah, I, again, I just think what you're doing and and what others are doing, um, even on Tanner, your small scale, like it's helpful. It's helpful to people, uh, as much as it may have hurt, um, it also helps. Yeah, yeah, it's part of our story. And I think it's the story that really, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I can remember there were points as my kids got older, they'd ask questions about my upbringing and there were things that were really hard about it. And I remember just feeling like, you know what? I'm just going to have to tell them what that was and not try and like hide that part of the story to make some other people in my family look better. But just to be like, no, that's, and let the bigger story be, they did these things and I still choose to be in relationship with them and or I forgive mm-hmm. them or that to me is like Jesus, right? At work, the spirit of Jesus yeah. at work yeah. in us. And I think that that is such a powerful story that is bound to eventually uh, bring about some curious questioning from people that don't follow Jesus um, in our lives about how in the world, how in the world did you get to that place with those people or that person <laughs> and to be able to yeah, see yeah. and have the perspective that, Hey, Jesus, you know, brought me to that place. Like that's, that's cool. Well, I, uh, yeah, I feel a little bad that we, <laughs> we, we went down this road where it was it like took a turn somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> so I like turns. I'm going to give you a little bit. Of, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I know at the beginning I was thinking back, I'm like, yeah, I said this was going to be a fun episode. Now I'm making him dredge through all of these yeah, hey, no. past thoughts and emotions. Hey, Zach, but- what's the worst thing that ever happened to you? <laughs> yeah, let me, where do I begin? Oh, man. How many hours do you have? Yeah. Uh, but it has been good. I will say that. I mean, even for just me processing through this stuff, uh, it's been awesome. Mm-hmm. But all right, can I? Uh, let me ask you a musical question. Yeah, please. Um, well, maybe it's not musical. In reference to your last album, uh, when you and Brian did the the iPhone demo release, yeah. I fell in love with that. Like it was, it was, really it was so good that just it was so raw. Uh, mm. And man, I I can't tell you how many times I listened to it. And I am curious, and I see you doing this with videos and stuff from time to time, just at home, like playing through some of these songs. Is there any chance we'll see some of that with the upcoming stuff or or maybe Ooh. you can plead the fifth if you need to. Uh, there you know what? I'll I'll just let the cat out of the bag. There is there ha- there hasn't been a plan for that. Um and I think part of it was when we were working on the joy of being the idea to do 
we had originally thought the original idea was let's record acoustic versions of songs that are good sounding mm-hmm. and we'll give them to people just like we did with the iPhone demos and then we'll share them and people can send us their version and then eventually we'll release our versions of those songs. But then along the way we were like, well, honestly, what if we just got a bunch of iPhones and filmed it and then just use the audio from that? And then that's the video. I mean, that's the record and that's what we did. (laughs) And so that just felt pretty like un, that didn't feel forced in any way. And then crazy enough, crazy enough a month or two later after doing all that all of a sudden there's these kind of murmurs of this coronavirus and stuff we're like oh that's crazy and then by the time we released the iphone demo record like coronavirus or covid's like in full effect we're all in lockdown and that's the thing about that is like we could we didn't we didn't have any idea that any of that was coming and to think that we'd be entering into a time when people would be using their phones and voice memos and all that kind of stuff more than ever. Right. Um, yeah. so I don't know. I, I, that felt such, that feels so exclusive to the joy of being Yeah. that it's hard for me to imagine it being to doing hard for me to imagine <laughs> doing other things that way, but you never know who knows. Maybe we will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Glenn and I always talk about when, when you put stuff, I'm always like, it's so like, there is that, there's that, um, I don't, I can't think of a word for it, but just that quality to like the demo and like the unproduced version of stuff that it's just, it's, it's not necessarily better or worse. It's just different. And Mm. sometimes I really get like hooked onto like an early demo version of a song by band that I really enjoy. And then they come out with the Proust version. I'm like, that's good too, but there's just just something special in there. Yeah. There's something, there's something beautiful about it. Uh, I feel that way too. Sometimes I'll listen back to a voice memo and I'm like, I like this more. (laughs) Yeah. You know, than like the recorded version. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not saying we don't love the the fully produced versions too. I hope that's clear. No, we love all of our children. (laughs) Um, So now I know you've also recently been doing a lot of, um, kind of like collaborations. Mm-hmm. I, I, we've seen stuff with Sandra McCracken. You talked about Mission House earlier. Uh, Elias Dummer, I saw something mm-hmm. uh, you did with him. Tanner Tanner actually came across... What was... <laughs> I, I don't, maybe we shouldn't bring this up. <laughs> no, I, I think I, know, uh, I might know, but please tell yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is a gig that you did, maybe, that to lay some vocals over some stuff. Uh, that's it's yes. like it doesn't sound yep. bad. It's just it's, its own style. <laughs> yep, it's uh, it is its and own so style. It's like oh, look you know, at what I'm, I stumbled upon. Glenn. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it like this. I did sing on a couple commercial things, and yes. uh, they they decided, hey, let's put it up on the internet. And I I didn't know that yes. that part was gonna happen. The, yeah, but you know, yes. honestly, why not? It's it's there now and uh it's it's just gonna be what it is <laughs> what it is yeah. but it's pretty hilarious some of it um it more yeah. just shows that i can i can really thrash i guess i don't know yeah man <laughs> i told glenn i was like uh this this would this is like when i sent it to him i was like this would be the perfect soundtrack to a do perfect video or yes. something like that i'm like this dude is, perfect a, ninja they're, warrior they're hitting a 
Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, they're hitting it's a very specific thing, and they're killing it. Something with the rock in it, it's it's bound to happen. So <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Hey. Well, we can cut that part if you want. <laughs> no, it's great. Probably should. I, I, honestly, no, it's fine, because I... I, I had thought about like at one point like making a big stink about it, but I was like, you know what? It's there and uh Yeah. <laughs> let it be. <laughs> whatever. I'm just gonna let it be what it is. Well, do you have plans? I, I guess where I was going with it is like, are there any other collaborations you have coming up or are there any uh musicians that you would love to do a collaboration with that you haven't Ooh. had the opportunity to? Okay. So I mean one thing is with this record that will eventually come out, but we'll be releasing songs. With the exception of one song, I think, everything, every song, there was like a collaborator on it. And that was cool. Okay. Um, people, a lot of people I hadn't written with before. So yeah. um, there's like um, Leslie Jordan, who she is the other part of what was All Sons and Daughters. So she wrote that song, yeah, Greater yeah, yeah. You Lord, which is a massive song. Um, and pretty she's, <laughs> pretty she's yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and so <laughs> she wrote on three songs. And then there's this guy, Stephen Cashwell, who's a brilliant writer. Um, Jack Mooring, who he was, his brother's Leland, and he was a part of Leland for years. Um, gosh, this guy, Ben Cantillon, and of course, Brian wrote on it, and then both of the ladies from Mission House, Jess and Taylor. Like, I feel like I got to collaborate with so many people over the past year. Cool. And there's a lot of songs I got to write that aren't going to be recorded or we just didn't record. So I I, I really enjoy that process. Um, but I haven't really thought a lot about, like, who's the next person I really want to collaborate with. I think part of that is you always feel a little hesitation inviting other people in to what you make <laughs> because yeah, you don't yeah. want to f be like strong armed into doing something that isn't you. But mm, yeah. I, I feel like the cool thing though is, is worst case scenario, it's a terrible song and you'd never write with that person again. <laughs> Best <Right>. case is <laughs> you, you put yourself out there and something happened that you never could have done on your own. So so I, I definitely feel that way. I would love to collaborate more with people outside of the Christian music realm um, as, as, as time goes on, if I'm honest, too. I don't necessarily just yeah. love living in the CCM worship Christian whatever world. Um, yeah. And yeah. that's for bigger reasons, but it's not, not so much because I don't like it. Some of it I really don't like, but it's more that... Um, I just think that there's something more yeah. that we can offer to the world <laughs> as musicians and artists that doesn't have to just sure. live in a subculture. So, man, if yeah. only you, you live somewhere where you know that would be really. <laughs> You're right. I mean, to, to I keep I keep yeah. putting up flyers around town in this town called Nashville, <laughs> and nobody ever hits me back. Yeah. You, you know, yeah, crazy. That makes me take think of two things one um this is maybe a little off off uh out of the blue but uh on ben rector's new album he has a snoop dog feature on one of the songs i don't know if you're I think aware I of saw this, that but <laughs> people outside of ccm there you go man you could get snoop you could get Dude, eminem i need like to, it would be I, great 
I, that's what we're doing. Okay. Well, I guess <laughs> I, I don't know. I I saw a thing with Ludacris he, the other day in a Vin Diesel video, and maybe maybe he maybe he's up for it. He was talking about the children. Yeah, he's got free time of probably. the world. So yeah, it it's funny. Like in the in the like last song, like they play it out for on Ben's album, and uh, he does like some shout outs, like thank you to these people. He's like thank you to Snoop Dogg. Thanks for being cool when I cut out your reference to something something four twenty. Like. <laughs> I thought was absolutely great. Um, But anyway, uh, on the other flip side of collaborating with people, Glenn and I, big fans of uh, the solo album. Oh, man. Yeah. Thank you. What do you you got for us, Zach? Come on. Uh, I I have been working. I have been working on stuff. With the Citizens record. We need a 1,002. 1,002, exactly. <laughs> yes. Or 1 billion and two. By the time I get this yeah. thing out, enough time will have passed. Um, I do want to release more songs. I have been writing a lot. I have a lot of thoughts around what that could be and what that could look like. Um, it's interesting doing the solo thing because it's so different from Citizens, but it is a style of music I like to write. And I also, yeah. I think what I've really been personally wrestling through is can I be a solo artist that doesn't have to just do one thing, but can I be a solo artist that yeah. has a variety? And there's plenty of evidence to support many solo artists over the years that have just gone a billion different directions. And mm-hmm. I, and I kind of, I find that pretty invigorating. And so I also don't want to just like make people mad <laughs> because they're like, what, this is nothing <laughs> like the last thing. Um, But I will say I'm just, constantly trying to explore and see and yeah. I still I think the thing that I really love writing I love writing songs about just my own relationship with my wife and just songs of love mm-hmm. and heartache and that just doesn't like that's not really what Citizens is and so it's kind of cool to have an outlet for that and I want to utilize yeah. that more so it's it's definitely 1002 if that's what it's called I don't know but <laughs> If that's what happened. Where did 1001 then, uh, come from? It was more or less like, it was kind of like the idea of I'd been sitting with these songs for so long and I'd written so many songs. And mm-hmm. it was kind of this whole idea of, it's as if like I'd written a thousand songs before like I actually wrote one that really like mattered, you know? Not not like mattered in the sense that, oh, people liked it, but like really said what I wanted it to say. Um, mm. yeah. and cause that's what I feel like. I mean, some people write their first song and it's like, Oh, crazy. Well, that's cool. That, that song became a hit. That's definitely yeah. not mine, my story. And, and I think songwriting has always been a process of like discovery. And so that's kind of where that whole idea came from. It was like a thousand one was like that, the 1001 song was like the beginning of me sort of like mm. really finding mm. my voice, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's any consolation, I hear a lot of those people where the first song gets really popular. They hate it in 40 years, but they still play it. They still have to that play That does it. happen. That does happen. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to say you were talking about doing a solo album and, and wanting to do all these different like styles of music and everything. Yeah. And just thinking back to Citizens in general, I feel like you guys have a lot of different vibes to your music i mean it goes from like alternative rock to like this very 
80s synth feel to, yep. to what you're putting out now. And so and all of it is is great. And so I don't know if it translates in the individual realm, but I'm sure you could do it if if anyone could do I, it. I think we've um, taken Citizens fans on a ride. So whether they liked yeah. it or not. Yeah. So. <laughs> but I out of curiosity, though, like, how did that come about? I mean, what, was that just like influential from what you were listening to? Or were you guys like, you know what, uh, let's let's just you know, throw some 80 cent in here. Just or be real how does that, for this, how yeah. does that come about? I mean, it, I think a lot of it was just the influence of who was in the band, you know? And, yeah. but also, I mean, like, I really don't like making the same thing twice. It's not yeah. in my nature. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it, I'm trying to grow out of that because I don't think that that's always bad um, to, to do a lot of something that you, you know, to kind of stay consistent but I think, yeah. I don't know, uh, it sounds weird, but I think in many ways, after all these years, every record that kind of is going different ways, it's just us still trying to find our voice as a band, which sounds, mm. <laughs> maybe sounds really immature and really indecisive, <laughs> but I don't know, it's just kind of different thing you're right you know glenn like sometimes it is different music that is influencing us but even the older i get i find it's less the music that's influencing and more it's this is what i really feel like i need to say and then that yeah. just influences what is made the music that's made huh. and sometimes it winds up being very different from what people are used to hearing from citizens but i will say this record i i i think when all is said and done, people will listen to it and hear it as sort of like, did they find their voice finally? <laughs> mm, um, mm. It's sort of this kind of collect, this um, melding of all of our records sounds into something, into one thing, but I still think is new, but kind of, yeah. there's a lot of confidence there that I think is is pretty cool that maybe, I don't know, at least for me, I haven't always felt. So We're excited for it. Um, man, we've taken up, uh, a lot of your time, but we yeah. have really enjoyed getting the chance to talk with you, go through, go through the lows of life, the joys <laughs> yes. of life. Uh, it's, Doing it's it been awesome. <laughs> I love it. Thank you guys. Yeah, you guys we ask re great really questions. Appreciate having you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And it, it's just like, it's always really meaningful to have, uh, conversations that aren't just about. I don't know. Like, I, I, I appreciate the fact that like there's conversation around like stories and experiences because we live in a world where you can get all the data you want. Just Google it, right? Mm -hmm. But stories are a little yeah. harder to come by. So, I just appreciate you guys yeah. being willing to go there. It's cool. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Definitely looking forward to the new record, and we encourage anybody who's interested to to check out everything and more. But then also check out uh, what's coming after that even more yes yes even more <laughs> <laughs> zach thank you for for joining uh yep. like tanner said guys check out the new album check out all that citizens and zach have been working on um and yeah we'll catch you uh we'll catch you next time peace the bible and stuff podcast is a production of bible and stuff we do more than just podcasts, so if you want to know more about something we've covered on the show, just visit our website at bibleandstuff.com. 
Our show is hosted by Tanner Britt and Glenn Brand, and our theme music is by The Sing Team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.